Thank you for waiting. We're now boarding all passengers on No Blackout Dates Airlines. All aboard No Blackout Dates to... Wait. Where the hell are we going? No Blackout Dates. Zero Blackout Dates. Good to see you. Good to see you. How you doing? Not for nothing really and truly all day long like 7-Eleven. White pizza is glorified cheesy bread. To you, what is it about pizza? Why is pizza the most popular food? Bro, if you're a punk, you're gonna get fucking robbed. And if you don't fucking like that, go back to the fucking suburbs, asshole. What's up, everybody? This is Tim. And this is Evan. And you are listening to the No Blackout Dates podcast. Tonight, we got a great interview with our buddy Nino. And uh, Evan's got quite a history with this guy. So, Evan, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you and Nino became acquainted? Yeah, so Nino is basically like Action Bronson mixed with Tony Soprano. He's this like old school Brooklyn pizza chef. He's built this mini pizza empire. He has, uh, I think, like six locations throughout the city. Um, He's been on a bunch of Barstool Pizza Reviews. He's the founder of the Brooklyn Pizza Crew. He's been on Chopped. Um, I heard about him and I was like, I have to go interview this guy in New York City for an article because, I mean, I'm a huge pizza guy myself and that would be like getting to talk to Tom Brady about football. So I sent him this very professional text just explaining who I am, that I work for Matador. I'd love to write about him. He doesn't respond for three days and I'm like, fuck, this guy's ghosting me. This sucks. He finally responds with a grainy cell phone video of himself chugging rum, shouting into the camera, basically saying, uh, yo, Eben, uh, I don't know like really who you are, or, like what this is all about, but uh, if you want to come and eat some pizza with me in New York and chill, uh, be my guest, bro. Like, come on down. So I was like, fuck yeah, okay. When a local celebrity pizza chef screams at you to come eat pizza with him, you drop everything you're doing, you get in your car and you fucking do it. So a week later, Went to New York, met him at a local Italian bakery. Thought it was going to be like an hour interview at most. Turned into this 13-hour whiskey and pizza odyssey. He's taken us all over Brooklyn and the Lower East Side. We're popping into random dive bars, doing whiskey shots, eating a ton of pizza. Right when I think the night's over, he takes us to the Vinyl. It's a club in the East Village that he's part owner of. Have an awesome time there. So yeah, I mean, this one-hour interview turned into like an entire day experience and in like in a city with so many epic pizza personalities nino is by far one of the best and to this day it's one of my favorite articles i've ever written that's awesome man and as you'll see in the interview nino is the type of guy like if you were to go to new york city and go on a street food tour with the most new york person ever nino is that guy so Pizza guy, Evan, how did you become a pizza guy? What exactly does that mean? I mean, I like pizza. Pizza is the world's most popular food. I mean, that's like asking someone why they enjoy breathing. It's just one of those basic essential components of human life. It, it's like saying you don't like Green Day, you know, like nobody doesn't like these things. Yeah, I've, weirdly enough, I uh, when I was younger, I used to refuse to eat I was the pickiest eater you could imagine, and I would refuse to eat pizza. I would only eat the crusts. Well, I still have this weird thing now that I do when I get pizza is I, you know, pizza comes typically into eight slices, and I usually cut the slices in half because then you have more edge on your pizza. So if it's a good crunchy pizza, then you're maximizing the amount of crunchy edge bites that you get on your pizza. You're You're in fact doubling the amount of crunchy edge bites that you get are you a folder if it's new york pizza for sure i uh, one thing i i am not going to do is i'm not going to knife and fork that shit no of course not Uh, i mean as we'll learn in the interview nino is not a fan of a lot of modern iterations of pizza i mean i have been known to order domino's pizza domino's cinestics and then drizzle the cinestic frosting on the pizza which pizza purists would have me crucified for doing. The only thing I really care about is that there's red sauce. That's my only criteria. That really is it. Otherwise, do whatever you want to a pizza. If you're not using a red sauce, like I don't know who you're trying to fool, you know, just call, just call it what it is. Call it a, like a focaccia, call it a cheesy bread. It's just not pizza. It's props for being creative, but don't 
don't don't fucking piss on my face and tell me it's raining you know i uh i i don't know see i really wanted pizza until you just said that and now i don't now i don't know i mean i i get your argument with the white pizza i'm not really a white pizza guy um i prefer red sauce but i do like if i'm not having red sauce it's probably gonna be a barbecue chicken pizza this is this what gets me in trouble when i travel a lot too because i have this thing where i have this compulsion to try pizza in every country i go to so you know if we if we're on a 10-day trip and we hit maybe like six seven countries i will have pizza every single day almost seven of those 10 days and it's because i have this this quest to try the pizza everywhere i go and you know, they're trying local food, they're trying, you know, steaks and really good. They're eating, eating well. And I'm just sitting there in front of another margarita pizza. And I, I mean, I'll tell you what, I do not get sick of it. What countries, what unexpected countries have the best pizza? Macedonia, um, Ireland. I think it's tough to make a generalization about the country. It's really, you know, if you have, if you, if the one pizza place you happen to arrive at in Macedonia makes bomb pizza, then yeah, I'm going to sit here and say, oh, Macedonia has awesome pizza. I had a similar experience on Pub Street in Siem Reap, Cambodia. We went to, uh, I wasn't a new, I think it was even like a Boston or something style pizza place. And it wasn't, it wasn't like any pizza I'd had before. And it was potentially because I'd been in Asia for a month and, and uh, hadn't had any, any pizza or anything like that, that it was so good, but it was, it was really memorable. I don't even think the pizza itself was that great, but that experience was yeah and it's it's people say why do you get the pizza when you travel it's all the same pizza's all the same and i think it's that simplicity that makes it such an interesting food to try every time you travel because there's three ingredients you know in in my in my ideal pizza world it's red sauce cheese and uh and crust and seeing how each country prepares that in its own different way and they do prepare it in very different ways everywhere you go is just fascinating to me yeah fair enough and i mean some of it i what i remember thinking while i was in seam reap eating this pizza like this the sourcing like it can't be easy to source you know quality italian tomatoes in Cambodia, you know, so you got to give these guys credit even for being able to to do what they're doing in a way like that. And I think that's part of what made it so good, too, because they're sourcing it the way that they know how to source these ingredients to get it to seem reap consistently so that they have this product on the table every day for all these tourists on Pub Street. And it, it honestly, you know, it was it was a unique experience. I don't think it would have fly in the States, probably, but where it is for what it was. It was awesome. Yeah, and that's what makes it interesting. Every country has its own kind of unique pizza culture. For sure. All right, well, let's get into this. This is Nino from the Brooklyn Pizza Crew. We'll see you on the other side. Nino, what's up? How you doing? Welcome to No Blackout Dates, buddy. No Blackout Dates. How you doing? No Blackout Dates. None. Zero Blackout Dates. Zero Blackout Dates. Good to see you. Good to see you. How you doing? Not for nothing, really and truly, all day long, like 7-Eleven. <laughs> you read my mind. You just did a. You just had a massive pizza party yesterday, I believe, two days ago. You set a Guinness World Record. Yeah, Hormel Pepperoni put it on, and they did the largest virtual pizza party in the world on the planet. Um, yeah, and I just got lucky enough to be involved in this and that. So I made some pizza, talked some shit. So everybody had to make their own pizza. Uh, I mean, everybody was eating pizza. Uh, I think most of the thousands of people that subscribed just ordered pizza, but I was one of the guys that was like making pizza and being uh, a maniac and being like, "Hey, this is how you make pizza." So on that on that uh, event, was there some good arguments between people from Chicago and people from New York? I don't know. Wasn't paying attention. You know, it's funny about Chicago guys. What a lot of people don't know is they don't really defend the deep dish pizza. Like deep dish pizza, if you're born and raised in Chicago, is like a once in a while thing. What most Chicago pizzas have is this like cracker crust, thin crust Chicago style. That's what they eat on a weekly basis. What is your thought on deep dish pizza? Just your own personal like, do you think, do you consider it? It's so different. It's such a, it's a different food, right? Like, is it? Not pizza. It was created by like a Texas oil magnate that used to do business in Chicago. 
because he was like he didn't think pizza was American enough for um, for America. And deep dish is what they came up with. And yeah, it fucking sucks. It's garbage. It's a casserole. He added a shitload more carbs. That's pretty much what he did. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the fuck they did, they just got to like stop, bro. They got to go home. They got to pack it up. Uno, bad news. Yeah. Brooklyn Pizza Crew's got no time for deep dish pizza. Uh, talk, talk a little bit about the Brooklyn Pizza Crew. What it, What is it? What's the? What's its mission? What's your goal? I, I kind of describe it as like a the the avengers of pizza making you know you guys are trying to spread the word about good pizza you got no time for shitty pizza yeah it's uh there's a few pizza teams um in america and in the world and um i guess at first i didn't really feel like any of them were doing you know i didn't really get what it was about so i was like let me put together a crew but it's like been an ever-changing thing i mean i guess really like the the mission is um to put like a spotlight uh through content creation and through like creating videos um of independent places i mean i'm italian american so i generally focus on italian spots um but yeah it's to give a focus on people that don't really get a lot of press um just because they're neighborhood guys and they don't hire pr companies or yada 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 so they they don't really get any light shined on them. And I mean, my major goal and what tickles my nuts is shining lights on them. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of the biggest thing I got from when I met you in New York, I kind of showed up thinking, all right, I'm going to meet this guy for like an hour. We're going to have some pizza and that'll be it. And it turned into this kind of whole day experience of you showing me around Brooklyn, uh, Lower East Side, of all these local Italian spots, the bakery, um, delicatessens, you know, pizza shops of just like Italian local neighborhood spots that you were like, these places need need to be on the map. And your it seemed like your goal was to kind of create awareness of that. I mean, now that COVID hit, I think a lot of things are going to change. Um, but in the past ten years, you know, there's just been this. Um, you know, huge influx for for good and bad. I mean, it's got two sides of it of like just transplant guys who they get all the press. And I understand that world. Like every pizzeria I open, I hire PR companies and I do the marketing stuff. And it, it just kills me when I see guys that are in business for 30, 40, 50, 80 years and they get no love. And meanwhile, somebody comes out from uh, Colorado who knows the game and they're getting all the love in the world. And I mean, I just try to be like kind of, a, I don't know, kind of as much as I can, a stopgap. They're like kind of making them even, even playing field with these guys um, because some of them are doing truly amazing stuff. And it doesn't mean by any means just because you're born and raised in New York or just because you're born or from Italy that you're doing something special. Um, I know tons of guys that are doing trash, but for the ones that are doing something really special, it's really important to me that people know about that and people recognize it and they get the respect they deserve. Does that respect include groupies? Yeah. Of course. I mean, uh, my, my, my fiance suit to be wife, like started out as, uh, uh, she was kind of a pizza groupie, even though she didn't like me. She, she's listening to me right now. She's arguing with us. <laughs> Boo. No. Um, yeah. I mean, groupies come with it, I guess, to an extent. So what's, what are your thoughts then on like the food bloggers and the whole rise of digital media influencing food? You know that story Evan wrote. I'm sure he told you, but it got an award. So now, like, now it's famous. Got a, got a bronze. Got a bronze. We'll go for gold next time. That story brought me to tears. When I read the story, I was at JFK Airport. I was dropping off a uh, famous guy, Alfonso Saviello, at uh, Air Italia um, onto the airplane. And I got the call, I got the text, and I was literally in tears because you got it right. Like, I've had a lot of stories written about me, but, like, that was the first thing that, like, I felt, like, like encapsulated, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what I'm about, yada, yada, yada. It was amazing. My favorite story ever to this day. 
I appreciate that, man. It was a lot of fun writing it. I'm not from there, but everyone I've talked to that is, is always talking about the vibe of the neighborhood, all the new people moving in, all the hipsters. Is is Brooklyn dead as it was, or what's what's going on? No, so, I mean, I'm really happy with what's happened with this pandemic. It's a lot of people that moved out three years ago and five years ago just because they got priced out of moving back. And I really think some cool stuff is going to happen in the next two years. I think it's going to start over here um, because there's all these guys that they were pretty much, whether they were born and raised here or they lived here for 10 years and got out because it just it became like a situation money-wise where they couldn't live anymore. Now it's like gone like back to like, yo, you got to be a little bit hard, bro. It ain't Disneyland anymore. Bro, if you're a punk, you're going to get fucking robbed. And if you don't fucking like that, go back to the fucking suburbs, asshole. You know what I mean? And I think with that being said, like there's going to be a lot of artists. Um, I already know a few kids that are uh, opening up places right now in Ridgewood and Bushwick. And it's cool stuff. It's from the heart. Um, it's not corporate. And it's like that's what made Williamsburg Williamsburg to begin with. That's what made... East Williamsburg or like the uh, West End of Bushwick, what it what it became. And I just see like an amazing situation that's going to start here and move west from there. Um, we're get, we're going to for a time, we're going to get really cool shit and we're going to get original stuff. And uh, dreams are going to be made. Dreams are going to be crushed. And it's going to feel it's feels a lot more like the New York that I grew up in than what it has been the past five to 10 years. I mean, you had said that you're right now because of COVID serving pizzas out of your house, right? I mean, I'm serving pizzas out of my house because, um, yeah, I mean, COVID gave me time to build a pizza lab in my house and like that's supporting my shit. I only do, I do a maximum of 10 pies a day. Um, I use whatever ingredients I want. It, it keeps me sane. It keeps me sharp. And it keeps me experimenting with uh, new stuff within my uh, field of expertise. What's the craziest combination of toppings you've experimented with? I got a summer pie. The Probably the craziest one I got on the menu right now that would sound like weird for pizza is uh, peaches, goat cheese, um, uh, regalta mascarpone blend with Mike's hot honey. Sounds bomb. But you're so all right. But you're you're pro peach, but anti pineapple. Very anti-pineapple. How do you defend that? How do I defend that? I defend it by, so pineapple, first of all, tons of peaches grow in Italy. Um, pretty sure there's no pineapples. There might be. You better fucking Google that one, but. We'll have our, we'll our fact checker get on it. I don't think, yeah, put the fact check on that. But definitely 10 years ago, there were no pineapples in Italy. Um, so when I put apples on pizza, there's apples in Italy. Um, so that's kind of how I defend it. But even if there was pineapples in Italy, the problem is, is that like, you're calling it a Hawaiian pizza. It's just, it's, is it the people? It's the people that order the pizza, right? Not even so much the ingredient itself. I think mostly. And it's, and the same people that order pineapple pizza are the same people that are like, I want a hamburger pizza or a salad pizza or a, a, a taco pizza. And it's just like, or like a, a barbecue chicken or a buffalo chicken pizza. And it's just like, yo, get all that shit out of my fucking category. I don't like, I don't go into the fucking burger world or the taco world and be like, let's make a pizza taco. In LA, you have really traditional taco guys that are making the, you know, um, the tortillas and a, traditional mexican way using certain flowers and blah, blah 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 and if you were to just throw like mozzarella and pepperoni on that like it, it would be fucked up you know what i mean and but somehow in pizza like they don't really do that in anything else except for like big chains but somehow in pizza like that's just like fair game for independence to do and it's just something i want to stay away from well here's a question for you how do you feel about white pizza Cause I have very strong opinions on this, but I'm curious what you think. So white pizza, no, no red sauce. I got an ultimate white pizza, but what are you, what are your feelings on it? My thing is you need three ingredients 
for a pizza, right? You can then add, add whatever you want, but three main ingredients, red sauce, the crust, cheese. That's it. Mm-hmm. Three ingredients. White pizzas don't have red sauce. It's cheesy bread. White pizza is glorified cheesy bread. Oh, it's God. become this, this phenomenon that you go to a restaurant, you order a pizza, there's no fucking white red sauce on it. And they're like, oh, yeah, uh, you didn't see on the menu. It's a white pizza. I'm like, what the fuck? All pizzas by default are red pizzas. Unless you put like a big, bold warning, you are not getting red sauce. And in my mind, that's not pizza. Well, now you get you got pizzerias where step number one on the menu is choose your base. It's cheese. Like, it's fine. Cheesy bread's great, but call it cheesy bread. Like, I'll, I'll order like four cheese mushroom cheesy bread. Don't tell me it's pizza. Right. So, I mean, if you go to Italy, there is like, like a quattro formaggi, which is like four cheese pretty much on every pizzeria, uh, every menu. Um, you could also argue, somebody could make the argument that um, pizza without tomatoes predates pizza with tomatoes because pizza was invented in Italy, right? But tomatoes mm-hmm. are originally from America. So uh, so the original pizza, you're saying, potentially was a white pizza. Yeah. Now, on your side of things, somebody could make the argument that it wasn't pizza before the tomatoes got put on it until like the first margarita yeah. pizza or like the original marinara pizzas. So there's a lot of ways you could go with it. Bottom line is, though, you might be wrong. I'm here to learn, you know. I'm, I'm, oh, my mind is open. I'm, my, I'm open to being converted on this. I don't have all the answers historically, but I got the people that do. I'm a moron in the end of the day. I just like <laughs> somehow through like knowing like a little light science, like I can win championships and fucking just kill the fucking game just because I got, I got hands. I got crazy hands. Two, what is it, 2016 Las Vegas Pizza Expo? 2016 Las Vegas Pizza Expo. Yeah, I went to the finals in the traditional category, um, competed again to win that category. I won uh, Caputo Cup twice. Um, uh, I've uh, won various other international competitions in Paris, Spain, London, and Italy. And I recently won Chopped on the Food Network. So I I can't think of another food, at least not in the States, that people care about so much to have all of these competitions. Um, what what is it what it to you, what is it about pizza? Why is pizza the most popular food? I think it's a science thing. I think it's um synthetic and MSG is a synthetic version of gluconic acid and uh Gluconic acid, like the Japanese call it the sixth taste, and um, organically, the ingredients on pizza, um, all of them from fermented dough to aged cheeses and uh, uh, cooked tomato sauce are all super high naturally in that thing. So I think it's a thing where, you know, it's fucking nicotine for your brain. Well, yeah, I mean, why do you blow until 5 a.m. when you can just inhale pizza in the bathroom and get the exact same effect i mean i was going hard for a lot of years there was like a lot of cocaine it's a lot of drugs there's a lot of alcohol um you get tired of feeling like shit in the morning that's the that's the problem it's not the to me anyway i guess i can't speak for you but to me I, it's not the being fucked up it's afterwards that starts to suck worse and worse and worse every it, it, year. It starts to like after a while. It, it definitely is that, but it starts to like feel um, terrible. Like while you're doing it, I'm looking for new hobbies now. Like I'm getting back into like uh, uh, beating people up. <laughs> I feel okay. I feel like you've probably seen some pretty fucked up stuff in in pizza shops too right what's the craziest thing you've seen in a pizza place people have no shame in pizza shop so i used to i used to work for this guy johnny sprockets um johnny caggiano in gravesend and um but one of the kids was delivering pizza um i was making pizza he was a delivery guy and um he ended up like after he stopped working for me he lived across the street um, and he ended up borrowing money from me. 
this whole thing happened and uh long story short he like told me i was beat for the money i ended up breaking his fucking face shattered his jaw and then he him and his crew like just started fucking like shooting on me at shooting at me with guns at two different occasions like within the four weeks after and like everybody was scared to go into the pizzeria because i was working there and they were afraid the pizzeria would get shot up jesus i mean every day is a crazy like back in the day every day was crazy because it wasn't like crazy it wasn't necessarily like crazy shit going on in the pizzeria it was just like crazy shit that would go on the neighborhood and you're one of the centers of the neighborhood so you get like a bird's eye view of everything if you could live anywhere else in the country besides new york city where would you live you had to you had to you had to do it i i don't think i could i feel like i couldn't see you outside of new york city it's either you have to move somewhere else or you can't eat pizza again for the rest of your life Uh, philly or um north beach in san francisco but only north beach what's what's so what's so great about north beach north beach is the italian neighborhood bro so i got a lot of people over there who i get along with and it operates like a similar thing and you know i got my dive bars over there i fucking bro i go out to north beach i fucking lawn chair mafia that shit up i fucking <laughs> pull out my lawn chairs my boom box i sit on the fucking block i play rosa bastardary you know what I mean? And I fucking <laughs> drink whiskey, smoke cigarettes, and chill the fuck out. All right. Well, you're on the record. Nino is moving to California. He's done with Brooklyn, done with New York. No. He's all about West Coast. Big West How Coast guy. That would make my wife. My wife would <laughs> nothing better than for us to be bi-coastal because her whole family's over there. I understand. But- so is that the only way to get good pizza? Because I, I wear... Can you find good pizza other than New York or Italy? Is it all the expats that are leaving New York and going somewhere right. else? Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's why. So, recently, because of the internet and more free exchange of information, there's been good pizzerias popping up outside of um, New York. Right. Now, I think I said this at the beginning of the podcast, just because you're from new york or just because you're italian american or just because you're italian doesn't mean you know how to make good pizza or cook good food or that you're fucking a cool person in general doesn't automatically mean any of that so basically what's happened for the past i don't know 50 or 60 years when when people are like ask me like why is there only good pizza in like new york or and like some in new jersey and this and that I'll tell you exactly why. Because all these momos that you see with the New York pizza in uh, Nashville and the West Coast and Georgia and this and that, they're only there if they came from New York because they couldn't make it in New York because they made shitty pizza. Why would you leave New York if you make good pizza and you make money and go to Georgia? You fucking wouldn't. Your whole family's over here. Your friends are here. Blah, 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 blah. You're not going to just pick up the New Georgia. People that moved to Georgia and Florida and all that over the past 30 years and opened up pizzerias, they're fucking failure. They couldn't make it over here. Whenever I see a pizza place that says real New York pizza, that's the biggest red flag that I think you can see. Oh, yeah. Real New York pizza or an NY style pizza, that's an automatic no. It's it's rough out there for a lot of people. I mean, I mean, thanks God that's changing just because of, you know, free exchange of information. I mean, think about it like before um, Facebook and the Internet and like, I mean, now I I have relationships with guys that are in like um, that are in Italy where I have like incredible relationships like they lived in my neighborhood. Is it a hot take to say that New York has better pizza than Italy? New York 100 percent has better pizza than Italy. Like Napoli, first of all, Neapolitan pizza and New York style pizza are apples and oranges. They're not even something that like you can, you know, say like, hey, is this pizza better than this pizza? Like on a scale from one to ten, they're different products, but they don't have New York style pizza in Italy. Um, it doesn't exist. Um, that's another thing that I got on my uh, 
to-do list for my life is one day I'm going to go out to Napoli. I'm going to open up like a fucking Brooklyn dive bar, New York style pizzeria in the heart of Naples. And all my Neapolitan friends think I'm crazy, but I mean, you're not going to stop me from doing it. Yeah. No. So one of my, one of my restaurant ideas, it's a, it's a place called fat Americans and it's all the American food and the American food styles that they don't do in Europe. So Brooklyn style pizza, Buffalo chicken calzones. They don't do that. Chicken parm. They don't do chicken parm. Breakfast right. sandwiches, all that stuff. This would be the perfect time to do that. So um, it's really funny because right now, um, some of the biggest innovators within uh, the pizza and street food world in Napoli are obsessed. Like, I can't explain to you how obsessed they are with American food. Like, these are like world-class chefs that on their Facebook and Instagram stories, like proudly fucking put pictures of them going to McDonald's or them eating some yeah. bacon, egg, and cheese meal um, and finding American cheese. Anybody that wants to get down with, uh, you know, doing American-style restaurants across Europe, you'd be hitting a home run. That's, I've been saying this for years. I have I have zero no business know how and almost no motivation, but that's my idea. I'm throwing it out there. You can you can run with it if you want. It'd be a 100 percent home run. I mean, I've known this for years, and uh, on the on the other end of it, somebody who were to open a place in America that's doing what these European kids are doing in Europe, trying to emulate American cuisine, would be another fucking home run. I don't know if you guys know this, but they don't know what pepperoni is in Italy. There's no such thing as like a meat product. The closest thing you get to it is like soppressata or gabagola, which is not pepperoni. But they don't even know what you're talking about when you say pepperoni. But if you go to Naples, this uh, the the most popular pizza with toppings on it since I believe uh, the year 2000 has been the Pizza Americano, which is a margarita pizza topped with uh, chopped up American hot dogs and French fries. <laughs> and if you talk to a guy in Napoli who's never, or a guy in Italy in general, because it's all over Italy now, it's been for years. If you talk to a guy from Italy who's never been to America, they think in their head, this is what Americans eat, like all the time. They think like, if, if I were to go to America tomorrow, this would be on every block. Hot dog, chopped up fried hot dogs and french fries on top of a margarita. That's what you'd be eating. Wow. But who wouldn't try that? If you see that on a menu, you're going to order it. No one's not going to order that. I don't know if I love or I hate that. but <laughs> Well, I mean, that's like how Americans think if they go to Beijing tomorrow, they're going to be eating sweet and sour chicken. Same fucking thing. No, they fucking love it. They throw hot dogs in front in the heart of Napoli and they fucking chow down on that shit and they're like yo they're like I'm American I mean I get like at least six messages from random Italians every single month on my Instagram and Facebook begging me to get them a visa and bring them to America and I'm just like bro you don't want to come here and they're like no I do because there's still this idea in Italy that like the streets are paved with gold out here. And if you like work really hard, like you, you, you can achieve like being somebody and having property and doing all this stuff. And I'm uh, like, they fell for it. They fell for it. You're going to be working 12 hours a day, five to six days a week. You're going to have four roommates in a shitty fucking apartment. And that fucking situation isn't going to change for you. I feel like Europeans moving to America think their life is going to be like Seinfeld. They think, they think they're going to be living in a mansion, driving a Lamborghini within like a two to three year time frame. Like they're like, oh, you don't understand. By the time where I'm from, there's no opportunities. I say to them, there's plenty of opportunities. You just don't believe in it. Like open a New York style pizza over there. You'll be the richest guy in the town in a couple of years. You know what I'm saying? So... 
And these guys, they don't drink the way we drink. It's like, oh, I'm, we're going out with a group of friends. We're going to be present with each other. We're going to eat good food. We're going to take our time. There's like no rush. I, I mean, I'm an, I'm an American. So like, I just have it built into me as an adult to be like, let's go to the bar, grab some shots of whiskey, do some drinks. Like, this is what we're doing. And like, I also have like severe ADHD. I don't know if you see like I'm moving around a lot. I can't sit still. So, like, sitting still for me and telling me to relax as, like, a high-strung individual, like, it's hard to get into that motion. But once you do, you realize the benefits of it. And I try to explain these to these guys. I'm like, bro, you have all the opportunity in the world over there. You have family. You have property you're going to inherit. Um, I know you don't understand it, but you have it. You just don't realize it. And and you're living in fucking paradise your fucking food is amazing without you having to try you know what i'm saying you you have zero effort to get completely organic sustainable fucking good food that's not fucking killing you over here in america like you got to jump through hoops to do that well so the real question i think is why don't you offer a uh pizza with french fries and hot dogs Especially if you call it the pizza Americano, because I mean, what's more American than that? You know, I won't do it, bro. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, bro, I feel the same way about hot dogs and French fries on pizza as I do about pineapple on pizza. <laughs> There's a marquee. Uh, I got a friend, Tony Baloney in uh, Hoboken. <laughs> that, that's his, uh, that's his given name, right? <laughs> he was on the Action Bronson show with me. He was the uh, same episode. Yeah, but Tony makes like a ramen pizza and he makes, uh, I don't know, all kinds of crazy shit. And that's what he does. I just like try to do the traditional shit. I feel like I'm going to spend the rest of my life perfecting that. And if I start throwing all this other bullshit onto it, it's just going to water that thing I'm trying to perfect down. Yeah, uh, actually. So what's uh, what are you working on now? What's 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 uh in the works for you before we cut to the next segment uh so i am uh building a whiskey lounge in my basement i've been doing the brooklyn pizza club um what's that so the brooklyn pizza club is uh, uh the pizza i sell it's uh out of my house um and i fuck with different styles i do detroit style um I actually have an order that I got to put out as soon as I'm done with this for uh, um, Argentinian pizza, also known as Fugaceta, uh, which I'm doing. And we just do whatever we want. We, like, make homemade bread, and sometimes we do, like, homemade pastas. We do pizza, and we deliver it around the neighborhood. All right. Well, we're going to move on to our next segment, which is listener stories. People submitted their craziest stories about food and travel and we're going to have nino read it on air it's going to be a nino coniglio rendition of this guy's story it's your time to shine Nino. It's this is time to start your fledgling career as an actor or uh, as a voice actor so take it away whenever you're ready from a 24 year old man living in portland maine in college i studied abroad in the uk and my girlfriend was studying in florence the UK was great, but you can't find good pizza anywhere. Literally nowhere. It's all cracker crust, no cheese, small portion bullshit. And after a month, I was craving a good pie. Needless to say, I couldn't wait to visit my girlfriend in Florence. The first night, she wanted to go out for a romantic dinner at this nice restaurant. But I told her as nice as possibly as I could, that all I wanted to do was stuff my face with good pizza. I promised we'd have a fancy dinner another night. So we went to a takeout pizza shop and I brought bought three individual pizzas for myself. Five weeks without pizza was like five weeks without jerking off. And I was ready to blow the biggest load of my life. We got back to our dorm and I devoured all three pizzas in less than 30 minutes. A pizza in Florence kind of sucks, so I don't know. Um, I remember sitting on the couch, 
disgustingly full. A feeling of ecstasy words can't describe. A bit later, we were in the middle of having sex when I felt this also awful churning in my stomach. Before I could make it to the back bathroom, I puked all over the bed. And yes, my girlfriend. All three pizzas all over. We broke up the next day. Maybe I'm a sicko for saying this. But it was kind of worth it. Fucks, bro. That guy's going to fucking get out more places, bro. And hey, if the poor guy just had access to a slice window, none of this would have happened. He wouldn't have uh, overindulged on three fucking pizzas. Would have just had a slice and called it a day. Um, and hey, this is another thing fat Americans would bring to the table in Europe. Slice windows. Literally a lifesaver. Or a relationship saver in this case. True, true. And they do have, and they've had for many years, they have places in like malls and, and commercial spots, but they're, it's literally like, they're not open late. It, they're, they, they exist in like food courts and this and that, but it's not a New York slice. It's their version of Sabaro's pizza. All right. Well, I think that was a solid audition tape for your voice acting career. You could read like bedtime stories on audiobook. Once you move out to LA, then that you can put a little time into that. <laughs> California, West West Coast Nino, they're going to call you now. I fucking kill myself. I <laughs> oh, love it. Well, we're going to let you go because we've been here for a while now. But where can people find you if they want to check out your pizza? Where are you at? So, uh, yeah, you can DM me at uh, Brooklyn Pizza Crew or uh, on Instagram and Facebook. Or if you're in the Bushwick, uh, Ridgewood area, you go to uh, BK Pizza Club on Instagram or uh brooklyn pizza club online and give us a call order some pie come over we'll show you the garden unannounced we'll just show up anytime of night and, anytime of night show up in nino's house he'll give you a, he'll give you a pizza yeah call before you show up and i'll uh you know i'll take you into the garden we'll hang out we'll drink some whiskey i'll sell you some pizza and that's it he'll tell you all around williamsburg you'll do whiskey shots at a bunch of random dive bars you'll go to hit up tip the vinyl it'll be great it wouldn't be the first time Oh, oh, and before we leave, don't forget to read his article about me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. We'll put it in the show notes. So definitely read the article. Um, and next time I'm in New York, man, hey, let's grab a slice and do it all over again. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. If you want to read his article, just look up Nino Coniglio Matador Network and you can see his article. You're not plugging yourself. I gotta plug it for you. Hey, this episode's about you, man, not me. <laughs> well, hey, man, it's great talking to uh, you. Have a good one, guys. Thank you. All right. It is time for our lightning round. Lightning rounds. We just had a hell of a conversation, so I got a, I got a little bit of breath left. It's funny to say I have a little bit of breath left because I barely even talked. He did 99% of the talking. but Yeah, and you know, it's an easy guy to talk to. We pretty much just interviews himself. Well, I really want to order a pizza now, so let's get the show on the road. Question one, what is your favorite Halloween costume you've ever worn? Uh, I, my favorite Halloween costume that I've ever worn was when I was 18, my freshman year at college, my two of my friends created a bong costume for me. Bomb or bong? A bong. Oh, I was like, I thought you said bomb. I'm like, I don't think that would fly post uh, 2001. So no. you might be dating yourself. Yeah, definitely not um yeah no so my two friends in the dorms made a bong costume for me and i wore it to like three or four different parties and every time we left to go to a different party i would have to take it off to get into the car because it was like eight feet tall it was made out of poster board <laughs> i can't stop that imagine if you did like dress you're the guy that dresses up as a bomb for halloween like you just walk into like the party and you're just like, you're C4. Like that's your costume. And people are like, what are you? And you're just like straight faced, no emotion. I'm a bomb, dude. I feel like you'd get ejected out of the party like really quickly. It's a legitimate costume. Like it's kind of, I don't know. It's kind of funny. It depends how you play it off. Not, not everyone could pull that off though. But I'll tell you the one costume I've always wanted to do that I've never done is a pumpkin. I feel like you just go to a store and buy one, right? I know, but I've never found one that wasn't for like a little tiny kid. You know, it would be like the most couple costume ever is if you go with your wife and you're a pumpkin and she's like the pumpkin picker because <laughs> that's the most fall activity ever. 
and you're just like, I'm just she she picked me, guys. That would be hilarious. That would be yeah. the corniest costume of all time. I know. I can't see you. I can't see you doing that. If you could export one U.S. holiday abroad and import one foreign holiday to the U.S., which would they be? So take one holiday we celebrate, get rid of it, send it, send it to fucking Germany, import one far. It doesn't have to be the same country that we're you're doing the exchange with. But I think the country, the holiday that I would import would be Day of the Dead. And there's a lot of... Ooh, that's a good one. Sugar skulls. A lot of reasons. Yeah, last last year, Alicia and I were in Oaxaca for it, and it was one of the weirdest, craziest nights of my life. It was insane. Mm-hmm. And th- they do... It's such a more fun holiday to celebrate than Halloween as an adult, because though it's a, a day where everybody dresses up and parties, and there is kind of that element to it, it's a whole nother thing because the adults are just as imperative to it as the kids. I, I, you know, it's it's weird to be an American that goes down there to celebrate it. I think there's definitely a bit of cultural appropriation there. <laughs> but at the same time, it, it was a really good time and everyone was very welcoming. And, and what holiday would you jettison from the U.S.? You can't say Columbus Day. It doesn't count. No, I'm I'm not going to say Columbus Day. I think we've already kind of jettisoned that. You, you know what I would export? I would export Black Friday. Uh, it's not really a holiday, count? but I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Yeah, okay. You're not one of those people, so you don't line up at Best Buy at like one in the morning for DVD players? I, I've never once done that. You don't seem like that kind of guy, no. In fact, I think more years than not, I've probably gone snowboarding on Black Friday. Black Diamond Friday, am I right? There you go. That's a good one, Evan. You're a Coloradan now. Uh, yeah, I think if I were to import a holiday, it would be uh, have to be Canada Day. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> just man. copy. Just We'll just celebrate Canada Day and the 4th of July. We've already imported Cinco de Mayo. We might as well appropriate Canada's Independence Day, too. The, it's, it's, it's basically a pregame for 4th of July, so why not? All right. Uh, well, that is my last question so you are off the hook and i'm on the hook yep you're on the hot seat now evan okay next question and i wish we had alex bressler here for this one but have you ever made a reservation to dine alone (laughs) i have made a reservation to dine alone yes uh it was for a work trip in uh, geneva and i had a this is actually my previous job and I had a $75 per diem and I had just arrived at like 5 PM. So I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to spend, um, I'm going to spend the 75 bucks, like on the nicest restaurant that I could find. So I did, I called up and I made a reservation at this super nice restaurant and for one, and I showed up and I didn't really think about it. And then when I showed up and I did the sad thing you see in movies where you're like, hold up your the little sad one finger and you're like table. Uh, reservation for like like forgetting Sarah Marshall yeah reservation for one please and uh yeah the nice French speaking girl probably was laughing internally and led me to my table and I uh yeah sat there and just (laughs) I think I wolfed down my food faster than anyone's eaten at that restaurant ever because I just like didn't know what to do with my you become acutely aware of everything when you dine alone I think you let you become very aware of your hands and like your your legs and like what you're doing you, you have this uh, this this compulsion to to be to look occupied to look like you're when you're not actually physically eating to be like doing something i think that's like a, it's a weird vacuum of space that's that needs to be filled I, it was very unnatural for me and i've since gotten much better at it but that was my first time doing it i have done it many times at pretty nice spots when i'm on the road you know and it's usually not that awkward, I found, because they'll generally seat you at the bar if it's a busy place. I should have done that. I, I was thinking, I, why didn't I do that? Why am I at a nice table with a fancy tablecloth? Like, I'm an idiot. Well, it happened to me in, in New Orleans when I was there for a media conference last year. I made a reservation my last night in town and went out to this relatively nice spot. It wasn't like a super fancy place, but I went out and they sat me at, in the dining room by myself in everybody else was like groups of four groups of six a couple of couples and it was it was awkward it was just me sitting there by myself like 
try not to just stare at my phone the whole time. Dining alone. That'll be the, that's the, you know, the, the title of our joint autobiography. Dining alone. <laughs> That'll be our next podcast, actually. We'll do a little spinoff just called Dining Alone with Tim and Evan, which is an which is oxymoron in itself. <laughs> It'll kind of be like those sleep podcasts that people listen to to help them sleep. But it's like if you're dining alone, you can listen to the podcast and we'll just we'll talk you through it and we'll make you feel like you, you have company and you're supported. Exactly. We'll just tell long winding stories that are hilarious so that you look like you're having a really good time sitting at the table by yourself. Yeah. Like you have an absolute lunatic sitting there just cackling alone at your table. With headphones on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Would you rather be on a press trip with five high maintenance bloggers or a solo press trip backpacking through Siberia? So here's the thing. Going to Siberia for me isn't a punishment. I would way rather go to the Arctic than go to Cancun uh, any day of the week. So the issue for me would be the solo thing. Like I hate solo travel and most of my work trips are solo, but I just, I would so much rather have someone to share the experience with, even if it is like a bunch of high maintenance bloggers. Um, I mean, I'm pretty high maintenance myself, so I'd probably fit right in. So I'll take that, I guess. Yeah, fair enough. Cool. Well, that's what I got for you, bud. I think that'll do it for the week. All right. Well, that does it for the lightning round. And that does it for this episode of No Blackout Dates. Thank you for listening. If you guys have a travel story you want to submit to us, just email us at noblackoutdatespod at gmail.com. That's noblackoutdatespod at gmail.com. Or you can DM me at ebbinflow underscore or tim at timwinger1 on Instagram. Oh, and of course, remember to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. And only if you believe we deserve it, of course. You know, we're honest here. And leave a leave a review telling us which holiday you would import from abroad and what your thoughts are on whether pineapple belongs on pizza. And uh, let's uh, try to keep it civil, okay? We will catch you next time. <laughs>